What the F and What, Episode 9. Brady's back, so are the brackets. People like Batfleck more than Bat Keaton, naked women with swords, and who's putting music in there for JJ? Two trailer park girls go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. Two trailer park girls go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. Welcome to What the F and What. I'm Dave Worthams. And I'm Angela Clock. Well, we're back and sending out good Irish vibes because it's St. Patrick's Day. Well, actually it's not since we're recording this on the 16th, but yeah, happy St. Patrick's Day, everyone. Yeah, uh, St. Patrick is associated with a few things. He's known as the Apostle of Ireland because he did a few things like banishing all the snakes from Ireland, using the shamrock to explain the doctrine of the Holy Trinity, and he turned his walking stick into a living tree. That's a lot of Catholic legends going on there. Well, I am a graduate of St. Augustine's Elementary and of Monsignor John R. Hecka Catholic Central in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and had a 4.0 in all my religion classes. So I'm good for stuff like that for the next time our trivia team gets together show off um i just like him because he's supposed to be lucky and ireland has lucky four-leaf clovers and stuff like that and i need luck because it's ncaa bracket time right and we'll have to get to our picks during today's episode and speaking of sports tom brady's back (laughs) yeah what's up with that do you think his kids are that bad that he would rather get hit by 300 pound linemen than rather hang out at home I don't think that's it, but wasn't he also making a movie or something? Yeah, it was some road trip movie called 80 for Brady with Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda, Sally Field, and Rita Moreno. That sounds like a great cast, but maybe this is just a way to get some B-roll for that movie? Maybe. I could see that. Uh, Oh, and speaking of rich quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers has signed his new contract with the Packers. Yeah, did you hear my eye roll really hard? Um, No, but I saw it. (laughs) He's going to make $150.81 million in three years, and he will be 41 years old at the end of this new contract. I wonder if this means Danica Patrick will try to get back with him, or if he'll keep trying to work things out with Shailene Woodley. I think Danica's smarter than that, and um, Shailene and Aaron Rodgers apparently broke up, but then went to a friend's wedding together. Yeah, I think I've read that, which, it's weird, because Shailene doesn't shower, and clearly Aaron doesn't believe in haircuts. So maybe they're the perfect couple. Well, I also saw he did some apology, like, post on Instagram, and it was kind of rumored that maybe he was trying to apologize to her i don't know strange turf toe will make a guy do crazy things though i guess anyway with all that being said i think we've got some good stories to share this week and i can't wait to hear who you're picking for the big dance this year well whoever i pick i'm gonna be beating you so let's kick this thing off shall we 
know, we're really kind of Marvel fans nowadays and probably should care less about what people think about any of the DC characters. That's true. However, as I think back to my childhood, the first superhero movies that caught my attention were the Superman movies back in, you know, the late 70s, early 80s. And I can't help but say that I am a fan of the first Batman movie with Michael Keaton. That's fair. And I have to admit that when I was a kid, I watched the 60s Batman TV show in reruns and got obsessed with it from there. Um, and when the Michael Mo Keaton movie came out, I made my dad take me to the Grand Rapids Auto Show and I got my photo taken with the Batmobile. So that was pretty cool. Um, but I'm also a big Wonder Woman fan. So I feel like there's some good DC stuff, but I feel like I've become more of a Marvel fan with the Marvel Cinematic Universe recently. So I guess we'll get into this story and I think we both have opinions on this one. So your headline is Batman Survey. Ben Affleck edges Michael Keaton as best version of the Caped Crusader. Now that's some bull crap right there because they sure as hell didn't ask me. Because you're scary, man. But they didn't ask me either, so don't worry about it. It's fine. But here's the story. In anticipation of The Batman starring Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz, OnePoll.com asked 1,000 survey respondents to weigh in on who they feel brought Batman to life most convincingly by offering up their top three picks. Overall, Ben Affleck just barely edged out Michael Keaton as the favorite Batman. George Clooney's self-described franchise killer ranked low, but it wasn't at the bottom of the list. That honor ended up going to Will Arnett's comedic portrayal in the Lego movie and the Lego Batman movie. So you love yourself some Clooney. How's that make you feel? I think he needs one more. That's the wrong but... movie reference. I know, but you know, he wasn't the bad part about that movie. There's so many bad things about Batman and Robin. And it wasn't like the worst wasn't George Clooney as Bruce Wayne or Batman. Um, so that's just my opinion on that, but whatever. Um, so here's a full breakdown of the survey. On the question of who's the best Batman, Ben Affleck received 31% of the votes, Michael Keaton at 30%, Kevin Conroy came in at 29% with Christian Bale at 26%. Adam West received 25%. George Clooney had 23%. And Will Arnett had 21%. So what about best Bruce Wayne? Well, this is interesting because Kevin Conroy comes in first with 34% as the best Bruce Wayne. With Ben Affleck right behind him with Michael Keaton tied for 33%. Adam West had 30%, and Christian Bale had 29%. And before you or our friend Jim Williams asks for it, here's the survey results for best Catwoman. Michelle Pfeiffer and Anne Hathaway and Adrian Barbeau all had 29%. Halle Berry came in with 28%, and Julie Newmar had 27%. I have a feeling that we'll need to reach out to KSNO's FM's Jim Williams, our good friend from our JC days, to see how he feels about this. I personally think that there was some form of hacking by the FSB that impacted these results. 
There's no way that Affleck ranks that high, and there's no way that Halle Berry ranked that high either. It would be interesting to see how this turns out when Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz are included in the survey options. I think the other problem with the survey is they probably targeted young people, the millennials, who have not experienced the power of Eartha Kitt. Yeah, I was real mad about that one because I cannot believe that Eartha Kitt is not even on this list. Though it's interesting, we just we were having a discussion about this because um, I didn't realize Adrian Barbeau played Catwoman um, in the animated shows. So it also makes me wonder like who their audience really was because there's a lot of general people that would not necessarily know that and who that and have watched the animated shows also i actually like i'm not mad about ben affleck's batman and his bruce wayne i don't think he was terrible um i feel like he was just kind of par for the course i'm really partial to adam west like but that's just me and my background um but I also enjoyed Will Arnett in the Lego movie and Lego Batman. And I'm going to say, like, his little song about having no parents was one of my favorite parts of that movie. For me, I, I, I'm i a big fan of the Christian Bale Batman. I thought that the whole Dark Knight trilogy, but the Dark Knight, uh, the second movie, the Dark Knight really was was phenomenal. Um, and uh, thought that he played Batman better than others. I thought the best Bruce Wayne, for sure, though, I thought that was Michael Keaton, actually. Uh, again, maybe this is me being partial uh, to Keaton being my favorite, but I thought he brought that mix of torture, yet comedy, uh, awkwardness together really well in the first one. I mean, you remember the one scene after uh, he first meets Vicky Vale? Vicky Vale. Uh, at, and they're at the, uh, you know, they're in the Wayne Mansion, and and uh, she, you know, asks him to borrow a pen or whatever, and he, so he's got the pen, and he doesn't know where to put it. He just keeps turning back and forth. I thought, all right, that I could see Bruce Wayne in his tuxedo, wondering what to do with a pen. I could see that. So, but uh, I could see that too. But I also to go back to Christian Bale, and I love Christian Bale in like basically anything, like. I adored him in American Psycho and that like it just kind of went from there but I liked both his Batman and I I really like his Bruce Wayne because he is the arrogant asshole as Bruce Wayne so that nobody would ever like think that he would be this guy who goes out and fights crime um to really like throw the throw people off the scent and I feel like it's really it's really heightened in the scene where they're at the restaurant and he meets um rachel and harvey dent and he's like oh we'll just put some tables together and harvey's like oh i don't know that they'll do that oh he's like oh yeah they will i own the restaurant right like <laughs> right or the, the 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 one scene where he's in the he ends up his uh his dates end up in the um i think it's the same the same yeah section, the, the, but... the swimming pool thing his dates end up in the in the fountain, <laughs> in right. the swimming pool. Like, 
I'm sorry, Mr. Wayne, we're going to ask you to leave. (laughs) We're sorry, Mr. Wayne, we're going to ask you to leave. Oh, no, that's okay. I just, I'm going to buy the place and then I can do whatever I want. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I thought. I feel like I love, I love how arrogant he plays that role. And I think, I think that really like comes through. It's very similar to his role from American Psycho. Um, I feel like he kind of channeled it a little bit to play that role like that really uppity kind of guy who doesn't want people to think he's good. Right. So I'll put the link to this survey article in the uh, uh, in the Facebook page. And they've got they've got a breakdown, a brief breakdown here about the age of the respondents. And they basically say that Gen Z and the millennials gravitated towards Affleck's and so that's you know the ages 18 to 25 and 26 to 41. Uh, Gen Xers gravitated towards Michael Keaton so ages 42 to 55 and then the baby boomers ages 57 to 71 went with Adam West. Clearly they 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 had this weighted very heavily for the Gen Z's and the millennials because that's the only explanation I I have aside from Russian hacking because you know f you Putin um, uh, inter- interfering with this, and I, you know, maybe that's the more realistic issue. I think this is all about Putin. He knows that I, you know, if I could find Airwolf, I'd fly over there and create the no-fly zone for people. Um, and and you know, the man's just a prick. So f you, Putin, for messing with Michael Keaton being the best Batman. All right then. <laughs> what the f and what? Are lucky to have this one referred to uh, referred by one of our out-of-state special correspondents, the one and the only Heather Totten. This is her first referral, and it's a pretty interesting headline. So we shall dub Heather our special medieval weapons correspondent. Dang, Charlie Brown Root is going to be really upset about this. Well, if he finds us stories about watery tarts throwing swords at people to determine supreme power, we'll change his title from Brown to Monty Python Arthurian Expert Extraordinaire. Listen, strange women lying in ponds distributing swords is no basis for a system of government. Supreme executive power derives from a mandate from the masses, not from some farcical aquatic ceremony. Be quiet! Oh, but you can't expect to wield supreme executive power just because some watery tart threw a sword at you. Shut up! Oh, but if I went round saying I was an emperor just because some moistened bint had lobbed a scimitar at me, they put me away! Here's the headline. Naked woman breaks into home, steals shotgun, slices herself with sword, police say. Wait a minute. Does this come from Florida? Nope. This is from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Court documents reveal details about a standoff between Catherine Emmler and Pennsylvania State Police in Bedford County near Pittsburgh. You may want to take note of that. This past Saturday, around 1.30 p.m., a man was washing dishes in his home when he spotted Catherine. What stood out to him was that she was completely naked and approached his back door. He heard his door receive several hard blows and assumed it was about to break. At that point, he went out his front door to report what was going on. By the time he got back in the house, Catherine was carrying the man's shotgun, and she was still naked. 
He asked her, what was the deal? And she responded, it's my house. She then went back to her actual house down the road. And that's when the state police showed up on the scene. Eventually, after a standoff, troopers were able to get her out of the house and transported her to the hospital where she was treated for self-inflicted sword wounds. There's no word where the sword came from. Catherine is being lodged in the Bedford County Prison after she couldn't post her $400,000 bail. She's facing felony theft and misdemeanor criminal mischief charges, uh, which will be dealt with at her preliminary hearing on March 23rd. Wow, there's a lot to unpack here. Right? Like, can you even imagine, like, just doing dishes in your house and all of a sudden, like, something is pounding at your door to the point where it's going to break? And not only that, it's a naked woman at your back door. That's got to hurt, whatever was happening. Right. And then what... All right. Breaks in, grabs the shotgun, all right, so whatever, and then goes back home and gets a sword? I could be wrong. I've never, you know, grown up in medieval England, but I would think the shotgun would be more important to have than the sword. And that's where the wounds would have come from instead of the sword. You would think so, but apparently not here. So what's really interesting is I wonder if anyone actually saw her going between the houses like, because if she lived down the street, she obviously, like, had to, like, I mean, she was not wearing clothes, so somebody would have noticed, right? You'd think. I mean, and, and is, you know, is she darting between the houses, or is she walking down the sidewalk, walking down the middle of the road? Not that I've ever seen, you know, a naked person walking down the middle of the road. But I feel it, like now that you said that, you're going to at some point here soon. You know, that will be such a story on the Valleywood Facebook group. <laughs> I actually had to leave that group because it was getting so effing annoying. Um, but that's also when I was on the road commission and they kept complaining about potholes. And so I just said, just call, if you're not going to call the official number, I don't want to deal with it. Goodbye. But yeah. <laughs> so now that spring has sprung, um, it's getting warmer. Fine. I will ask that Nikki and Christiana and I as we're driving around the neighborhood, keep our eyes out for naked women so we don't hit them with our cars. Yeah, don't do that. Especially if they're carrying swords. Correct, because that's going to cause more injury. Right. So, oh well, Catherine, what the what the f and what? So, do you know where the Daily Star ranks in lists of credible news media sources? You know, I was hoping you'd ask that question because I recently had to help Christiana discover a credible media source for a school project that she had. Was she going to use the Daily Star? No, she wasn't asking about using the Daily Star, but it was on a list of sources. And on the chart that I used, it's listed as a right center and a questionable source. Why questionable? Well, according to uh, this list... Quote, we rate the Daily Star UK questionable based on frequent use of sensational headlines, routine publication of conspiracy theories and pseudoscience, as well as a long track record with failed ch fact checks and fake news. 
Ah, sensational headlines. Yeah, this one fits right up there with that. So from the Daily Star, here we go. The headline is, Vagina Speaker lets you play your favorite tunes inside and even plug in headphones. See, it's a well-established fact that exposing babies to classical music can help improve early brain development. But for too long, there's been very few options for expectant parents to play their favorite songs to their unborn children. Until now. The Baby Pod is a small Bluetooth speaker that can be inserted into a woman's vajayjay so they can blast the music directly into the womb. Now this part here, I'm reading this verbatim from the article, quote, at $150, it's a bargain that the whole family can enjoy thanks to its dangling earphones, which let parents get in on the action, unquote. <laughs> no, they did not write it that way. They sure did. Hence, why they're a questionable news source. It ends with, quote, the Spanish creators of BabyPod claim that their device will help babies learn language and speech early on. They say, thanks to the baby pod, it has been shown that the only way for sound to actually reach the fetus is through the vajayjay, unquote. Um, maybe I'm you speaking... You share your face on, on the yeah. <laughs> Facebook page. Yeah. Maybe I'm speaking out of school here because, you know, I don't have a vajayjay. But... Headphone wires hanging out of a vajayjay, I just don't think is healthy. I could be wrong. I mean, there's only certain things that are supposed to be put up there. And I feel like, you know, like having dangling earphones, like, is just too many germs. I can also tell you when C was on her way here. The books that I read and things that I said, I'm pretty sure she, she took to heart and could hear, even though I was speaking through Nikki's stomach. So I'm not quite sure a speaker in a JJ is necessary. Well, and I've also seen people put like headphones on like either side of the stomach or, you know, that sort of thing or like... I, my understanding is that they hear voices. It may not be as clear as you can hear us right now, but they do hear them. Yeah. So, so I don't really understand why they would need the actual words unless they're trying to learn the lyrics to Baby Got Back right away. And really, is that the right time to play Baby Got Back? I Baby mean, already so had I Back. I'm rewatching Friends, and uh, one of one of the songs that Ross and Rachel sing to Emma is "Baby Got Back" because it makes her laugh. So okay, well, if that works out. Although Rachel judged Ross when she found out he sang it to her, but then it worked later on for her, so she did it too. Right, and then here's here's where the "Hi, I'm from West Michigan" part of me comes comes into play. <laughs> $150 for a Bluetooth speaker that size? I don't think so. Yeah, that seems like an, like a more money than you need to spend for that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, granted, 
Apple AirPods are what $75 now if you do the AirPod Plus that's 150 but I mean that really comes with like super stereophonic sounds I guess Where are you buying your AirPods? I've only seen them like at $120. It's amazing what you find on Amazon. Or, you know, Black Friday at Target. Okay, fair. But I was like, that's not a regular price. <laughs> What's the Black Friday ad going to look like for this thing, too? Now that I mentioned Black Friday. Oh, my God. <laughs> not good. Not good. So, all right. I'm sorry, entrepreneurs in Spain who have come up with the baby pod. What the effing what? Okay, the time has come for us to discuss what we see as the results of the 2022 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. The first games are today, Thursday, with number 6 Colorado State taking on number 11 Michigan in the South Region at 12.15pm on CBS. Shortly after that, Number four, Providence, takes on number 13, South Dakota State, at 1245 in the Midwest region, and that will be on True TV. When you figure the play-in games, nine Big Ten teams could be dancing this year. Although, to be completely honest, I have no idea how Michigan made the field while Indiana has to do a play-in game. I didn't think that we would make it at all, but if we did, we should be the ones who are in the play-in since we couldn't hold on to an 18-point lead over Indiana. Not that I'm bitter about that. Well, I could go through the whole net formula and show you how Michigan had more Quadrant 1 games and how the overall opponent winning percentage justified the move. But at the end of the day, I'll just tell you to deal with it because our boys get to play in March Madness. True. Okay, fine. So let's go through these brackets. Who do you have winning the respective regions? So I'm going to share my realistic bracket because my other bracket has Michigan going to like the Sweet 16. And so nobody's going to believe that's going to happen. So these are my realistic picks, which to be honest, I haven't really paid much attention most of this season. Not that I usually do, but anyways, so here we go. So in the South region, I've got Arizona. Midwest, I've got Kansas. Out of the West, I've got Gonzaga. And out of the East, I've got Kentucky. Go Wildcats. Um, my final two um, is going to be Kansas versus Gonzaga. And I've got my champion as Kansas. So... Um, I've actually got Michigan going in this bracket, uh, winning their first game um, and then losing their second game to Tennessee. And I've got MSU beating Davidson, but losing to Duke. Not bad. Not bad. Looking at the, uh, the most serious bracket that I have, I've got uh, Arizona coming out of the South. I've got Auburn coming out of the uh, Midwest. Mm -hmm. I've got Duke coming out of the West, and I've got Baylor coming out of the East. My final two is Duke versus Arizona, and uh, I've got Arizona winning it all uh, 80-73 to 73 over Duke. 
Granted, I may have let my appreciation for Coach K and this being his last season, being a tiebreaker and in, in trying to determine whether or not you know Duke gets past Gonzaga or Texas Tech, but um, I could be proven wrong there. I don't have Michigan making it past the first round. I have Michigan State losing to Duke in the second round, and I have Purdue and Iowa making it the farthest of all the Big Ten teams, both losing in the Sweet 16. So it's really funny who you have coming out of each region because I, except for the South, which we both have Arizona coming out of, every other pick you have is the exact opposite of the pick I have. Really? Yes, because in the Midwest, I have Auburn and Kansas playing each other, but I picked Kansas. In the West, I have Duke and Gonzaga playing each other, and I picked Gonzaga. And in the East, I have Baylor and Kentucky playing each other and picked Kentucky. Interesting. Interesting. So one of us is going to do well, and the other Other is going to. This is one that is not at all going to be close. I mean, uh, now for my other silly bracket, I call the the DW's whatever man bracket, um, I I tried to do something different this year. Instead of just, you know, doing coin flips or whatever, I actually went to 538.com which is known for predicting, you know, presidential elections. Um, and they had some uh, information up there about uh, the, you know, really breaking down the, the NET uh, percentages and stuff like that. And so in that bracket, my final four is Gonzaga and Kentucky with Gonzaga beating Kentucky and Arizona and Kansas with, Ari- with uh, Kansas beating Arizona and then I've got Gonzaga winning it all on a score of ninety-two to eighty-one, and that's the one where, yeah, and that's the one where I actually have uh, Michigan State losing to Davison in the first round, and I've got Michigan beating Colorado State but losing to Tennessee in the second round, based on you know five thirty-eight saying that one of the higher predicted upsets that they come up with is Davison over Michigan State. Not that I want to anger our friends from East Lansing. Yes, you do. That's true, I do. Ah, fair. So in my kind of crazy bracket, um, I actually have, well, I have Kentucky, or I'm sorry, Kansas, Baylor, Gonzaga, all as number one seeds going to the final four. With Illinois rounding out the final four, um, in that one, I also have Michigan beating Colorado State in the first round, beating Tennessee in the second round, and losing to Villanova in the third round. Um, And then Michigan State, I have beating... Actually, I have Michigan State going to the third round also in that bracket, um, beating Davidson in the first round, beating Duke in the second round, and losing to Texas Tech in the third round. So... I have I have both our Michigan schools going further in that bracket, um, just on a whim. But we'll see what happens. I think the the other funny upset that I picked in my whatever man bracket uh, is the six eleven game in the West, where Alabama loses either to Rutgers or Notre Dame. Doesn't matter who, but Alabama loses that game because you know. it doesn't matter who they lose to. <laughs> they just lose it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fair. Yeah, I think 538 was saying of all the six seeds, Alabama is like the worst of all time. So I'm like, all right, fine. 
Okay, that's good to know. Maybe I'll make a switch. I don't know. Um, what's interesting, uh, where do you have uh, Loyola Chicago going? Because, you know, we have to make sure Sister Jean gets as far as possible. That's true. So in the uh, whatever man bracket, because that's the one I've got pulled up here, I've got Loyola beating our friends from down south in the first round, uh, but then getting blown off the floor by Villanova. Um, I and that's also just... have that in my my uh, crazy bracket. Um, I don't have uh, them getting out of the first round, though, in my more realistic bracket. Yeah. Um, looking at the more realistic bracket, I still have the same pick. I've got Loyola. Huh? And, and I think here it's just a, I, I refuse to pick that school down south. Well, and here's the thing. I'm not going to be an unhappy camper if I don't get the points for that pick. I'm okay with it. <laughs> but how cool is it that Sister Jean is still with us? It is really cool. And if, I mean, and we'll, yeah, if, if CBS or whoever, if they don't make a big deal of the fact that Sister Jean is still with us and have her in every tiny timeout uh, during the game, then you know clearly someone needs to be replaced. Some some producer needs to be replaced on that team. But you know, God bless her. She's just such a delight. She is. She is. So, well, friends, there you have it. Those are the uh, those are the picks that we've got. And uh, we're hoping that, uh, at least at the end of the day, somebody somewhere wins bragging rights for another year. Probably be Angela, and we'll probably find that out early on, since we have so many opposite picks this time around. I mean, I do look forward to having bragging rights over you. Um, really, I don't even need to win the bracket. I just need to do better than you. But in the meantime, we want to make sure that we're hearing from you. The best stories we find are the ones you send us. So if you see something that makes you go, what the eff and what, drop us a line so we can mention you as a special correspondent. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast by clicking that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. Follow the show on social media as well at facebook.com slash what the eff and what, on anchor at anchor.fm slash WTEW, and on our blog at what the eff and what dot wordpress dot com. You can follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash a clock on Instagram at falling star nine, two, four and at geek girl reads it all. And on TikTok at falling star nine, two, four. Follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash DQ on Twitter at DQ and on my blog at DaveWorthams.com. And don't forget, you can now catch me hosting my trivia live at one well brewing in Kalamazoo on Sundays where the first question flies at 6 p.m. So from the home office in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and the remote office in Okemos, Michigan, remember, Go Blue! Go Broncos! We'll see you later. Today's intro music was Without Me by Eminem. Today's outro music was Return of the Mac by Mark Morrison. Look at the size of that boy's head. Shh. I'm not kidding, it's like an orange on a toothpick. Shh. You're gonna give the boy a complex. Well, that's a huge noggin. It's a virtual planetoid. Shh. Has its own weather system. Shh. I'm not kidding, that boy's head's like Sputnik. 
spherical but quite pointy in parts. 